0: Your blood runs orange and blue. Orange and blue. blue. This, this, this is the, pod, is the for you. pod for you. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Beer. Let's get to it, New York. Could we be seeing the best of Julius Randle in this upcoming season? The All-Star seems to think so. What's up? This is EJ Stewart. Joined by Tommy Beer. This is Orange and Blue Bloods, a New York Knicks podcast odyssey, in original we got planned to get to on this episode last one for the week. So Julius Randle spoke with uh, the shop uninterrupted uh, show that's on YouTube. They did a a live show uh, here in New York where Randall was among several other celebrities there. And he talked not just about his time in New York and how much he likes playing here, but also what he expects from himself this season. And he's saying it could be a big one for Randall. And what does that mean for him and the Knicks? We'll, t- we'll discuss that also. International basketball getting underway. We have the FIBA World Cup coming later this month. So you already got these teams and players reporting to camps and playing in some exhibition games. Jalen Brunson, Josh Hart repping the good old US of A. You got R.J. Barrett. He's uh, been working out with Team Canada. They'll be playing in the FIBA World Cup. And um, I would say he's a forgotten Nick, but he really can't say he's been forgotten because he's probably been one of the more talked about players this summer. Evan Fournier actually getting some game time in these exhibitions and he had a pretty big game this week. So we'll talk about what we can expect from those guys in the international competitions. And we'll bring back another segment that we have enjoyed doing on this show. We haven't done in a while temperature check. So we'll be discussing Quentin Grimes, the third year guard out of Houston. He's been putting up some, all the Knicks him and Amanda quickly, I think are kind of uh, battling for who puts out the most <laughs> Instagram workout videos, but Grimes put a lot of workout videos out. He's been working out, with uh, ESPN's uh, J.J. Redick as well. So I'll ask Tommy what he thinks about uh, Grimes and why he's a player to buy stock in for this upcoming season. So all that and more coming to you right after this. So like I said, Tommy Beer joins me as always. Tommy, uh, really great show lined up today. How you feeling? We looking forward to talking about today.
1: Feeling good, feeling good. Nice weather this week. Uh, hopefully nice weather into this weekend. And uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, commenting in a little bit about randall and uh some some world cup preview action um yeah. fortunately that'll give us something to discuss um, with obviously both nick's uh Hart and Brunson involved in the action that'll give us something to talk about and obviously plenty of other um action related you know tangentially obviously rj barrett for team canada and uh, mr fournier for france so uh let's uh but let's talk a little bit about mr randall first
0: Let's do it. So again, this is Andrew of Blue Bloods, the New York Kings podcast, and Odyssey WFN original. It's a podcast you can get wherever you get your podcasts, including the free Odyssey app. Be sure to hit the auto download feature on your streaming service to get these episodes every time we drop. Also, check us out on YouTube as well. You can find our videos, the full edition of this podcast and shorts from the episodes that we do on the WFAN YouTube channel. So again, let's begin with Julius Randall, where... The best is yet to come, according to the Knicks All-Star. Speaking at a live edition of the Un- Uninterrupted the Shop, Julius Randle spoke about his time in New York and what we can expect from him this upcoming season. Randle is predicting that this one could be the best of his career. I want you guys to listen to what Julius Randle had to say about why he thinks that this is going to be his best season yet.
1: I was talking to my trainer about this today. He was, we were talking about like prime years, right? And I feel like the prime is like when you mental and physical kind of meet. And physically, I feel like this is gonna be my best year. But mentally, I feel like I've taken a tremendous step because I had to slow all the way down. I, I wouldn't allow the train. Um, so to answer your question, I've studied a lot of people. I've studied Bron, I've watched how he's used angles. Uh, one of the biggest people that honestly pushed me was uh, Jalen, my teammate, um, because I saw how he worked. And I'm a worker, um, but I saw how diligent he was, you know, focused, um, level to it. So JB's really pushed me. I watched Jimmy in the playoffs, like all of these guys, right? Um, We all copycats at the end of the day. You know, we learn the game from somebody. And for me, uh, you know, I admire the game, I love the game. So I try to take as much from my peers as I can.
0: So interesting comments from Randall. One, about him feeling like this season you'll see the physical – prime match the, the mental aspect, the mental prime for him in this upcoming season He says he's been talking about that with his trainer. He credits that in part to the fact that he actually could not train to start this off season, which we heard him say a little bit on the podcast P where he discussed about how he was injured. He had the ankle injury and he had the rehab from that. He is working out now, but he, he was not able to work out for I guess a good month, a couple of months or so. So uh, he's crediting that. He also credits uh, the, the the film work he's gotten to do, Uh, Not just on guys like LeBron and on Jimmy Butler, but then uh, kind of harping on the lessons he learned playing with Jalen Brunson. Once again, talking about Jalen Brunson being, you know, the true kind of centerpiece for this Nick organization there. Julius Randle crediting Jalen Brunson for uh, understanding what it is to be a star in this league and what it is to be a pro. So interesting stuff from Randle. I'll ask you, Tommy, do you feel like this is possibly the best season you will see from Randle? Do you buy that that notion from him?
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, they're, they're, what he states is it makes a lot of sense. A lot of great professional athletes have talked about kind of that convergence of, you know, when you're young, you have all the physical skills in the world. You can jump through the building. You can play back to back nights and have McDonald's in between games and, you know, nothing can nothing really impacts you. Um, and then at certain point you cross over and, you know, you're mid 30s, whatever you know what you want to do, but your body doesn't allow you to do it just because you've got worn down a little bit. It's different, more difficult to bounce back from injuries, even minor injuries, etc. So that, 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 that real peak of your career is that confluence between when you learn the tricks of the trade and the angles and then the inside life hacks to, to being successful NBA player on and off the court preparation, film work, all that other stuff. And you're still in your physical prime. Um, so there's definitely reasons to believe that that being said, I it's, it's hard to imagine Randall playing much better during the regular season than he did last season. I mean, you know, uh, or even two, two, three years ago, um, you know, his first all-star team, his first all-NBA team. You know, reminder, this guy's made all-NBA second team, all-star, you know, uh, uh, t- twice in a three-year span. Yeah. It's the only Nick in 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 this millennium, other than Carmelo Anthony, with that with that type of resume. Um, you know, he's been he's been that good, um, and and the, all those honors and accolades were deserved. Um, so I, I you know I would be I, I think the Knicks right now and Nick fans would sign up for exactly the numbers he posted. You know, appear in seventy seven games. You know, stay remarkably healthy, other than the injury at the end of the season. Show up night in night out. Um, you know, we've given him a lot of credit and he deserves it for keeping his body as always has really since the day he arrived since that first season in in fantastic physical shape, um, you know, rarely, you know, shows signs of exhaustion and he plays hard, um, when he does play hard, um, you know, he, he can continue it, uh, you know, through the end of the game. Um, that being said, the regular season is of, I don't want to say it's of limited importance, um, obviously, the Knicks are not not guaranteed to make the playoffs. They're not guaranteed to be a top six team, let alone a playing team. Um, so, but when it comes down to it, Randall will be—he's uh, at that stage of his career where he's proven what he can do in the regular season. Um, will he be able to transfer it over to the postseason? That's kind of um, you know what's on the table. We've seen this with great athletes before whether they be quarterbacks or shortstops or, you know, uh, uh, goaltenders, you can have, you can be great in the regular season and win regular season awards. Some guys don't have the ability to kind of take it to the next level in the postseason, And that's kind yeah. of where we're at with Randall.
0: Yeah. To me, Randall's comment about the mental and the physical, I'm almost more interested in the mental than the physical, because you noted, I mean, he's in supreme shape. Um, he's a workhorse type of player. He's very durable. So him coming in, being ready to play from a physical standpoint, that would not surprise me. I think when I think about best season of Randall's career, I don't know if numbers can tell me that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. I don't know. Like, I, he averaged 25 points, 10 rebounds on almost 46% shooting. I mean, that's a spectacular season on, you know, 34% on from three on eight attempts a game. I mean, that's a spectacular season under almost any circumstance. Uh, do I want I don't know if Randall's averaging 28 points is again good for even the Knicks. So I don't know if numbers will tell me that. I think what will tell me more if this is Randall's best season will be perhaps maybe better efficiency but more so just even play and even accountability and leadership. Like that's to me what, yeah. what that would that would equate for me a top season for uh, for Julius Randle. I, I don't know if, if numbers will tell me that. And as you mentioned, you know, the, the regular season, maybe not being of inconsequence, but definitely not as important at this point, because we've seen Randle uh, play as pretty much as good as you can in a regular season. And when it came to the postseason, it felt like it was the mental part that really fell apart. Now he, he played injured during these playoffs. So yeah. I, I don't want to make it, I don't want to throw that completely out. That was definitely a part of it, but we saw, last video attitude we saw uh the inconsistent effort and those are things that that have played him pretty much since he got here when he's gotten to postseason play so for me if randall's gonna have his best season that would mean him having his best postseason performance i don't know if that means the nicks go in the first round i don't know if that means the nicks go uh, to the conference finals or the nba finals but if randall's gonna have his best season it means that he basically replicated what he does during the regular season in the postseason, where he's averaging that same 25 and 10 on 45% shooting. He's helping the Knicks win games. He's a monster on the glass. He's outworking everybody. Like, if if he shows me that, then I can buy it. But it's crazy. He's one of those players where from October to April, I won't care very much about how he plays other than hoping that it helps the Knicks win. But beyond that, in terms of how I feel about him individually, it's really not going to change anything because I see the same act that I saw the last two out of the last three years in the postseason. Then this is all for nothing.
1: It's a really good point, EJ, in terms of uh, the stuff that's hard to quantify with counting stats. Right. Um, you know, in other words, you, you could, there's an argument to be made where he could average fewer points, fewer rebounds fewer assists and have a better year if he, if he concentrates more offensively, um, you know, looks to set up Quentin Grimes and increase his three point production. Um, uh, it enables Josh Hart to, to, uh, to, to kind of find ways on the floor and contribute offensively throws more lobs, maybe him and, and Mitch Rob kind of, you know, work some high low post stuff um, that we haven't seen them. You know, uh, Mitch Rob has, you know, shown a pension for throwing some lobs to, to uh, um, RJ Barrett rather has, has been able to kind of create some opportunities for Robinson at the rim a little bit for Brunson. I'd like to see some more, um, but there's very little um, four or five. And a lot of teams don't do four or five, uh, you know, stuff in terms of, you know, cross screens and, and things on those lines. Um, right. But again, th- just it's that type of stuff where you look at the box score and he only had 22, eight and three, um, but he was seven of 11 from the floor, um, got to the free throw line a few times and, you know, uh, had four hockey assists uh, you know, and locked Lee.
0: down, locked down the opponents, you know, of power forward as well. Exactly. You know,
1: you know held Pascal Siakam to you know three of you know 11 shooting. Right. some along those lines, boxed out, um, uh, you know, so and allowed Mitchell Robinson to get the rebound. Uh, took three charges in a game, something along those lines. That's the type of stuff that again, we we know we can average 25, 10, and five. And there are like six people on planet earth that can do that in the nba over the course of an 82 game season so all the credit to him but that is not what's going to separate him and take him to the next level in terms of respect and admiration from the fan base nick's postseason production all that other stuff um it, it, it it's those other things that might be more important uh, in, in kind of the big picture when we talk about was julius randall's season a success uh 10 months from now
0: You know, you know, during my adolescent, you know, teen and, you know, maybe pre-college years, like a lot of kids end up having your favorite team, but then you end up having maybe a favorite player on another team or a second favorite team. I grew up as a Knicks fan, but I I love the Dirk Nowitzki ever Dallas Mavericks. Dirk Nowitzki is one of my all-time favorite players. So when I think about Dirk Nowitzki's career, he's had more points in seasons than the 2011 season. He's had years where he shot better from three than the 2011 season. But guess what? Dirk and Whiskey's best season of his career was 2011. Why? Because forget about all the regular season stuff. When it came to the postseason, the physical, as Julius Randle mentioned, matched the mental. It was yep. clear prior to Dirk and Whiskey square at that point in time that it, it hadn't quite meshed. He was able to get his team close to the mountaintop, not quite there, and he had trouble beating some of those top teams Uh, with with the tougher defense, with the way they were keen in on him. And it took Dirk time to get there, but eventually he got there. But it wasn't because of, oh, the regular season numbers, you know, Dirk had this great season. He had a very great season. He was an all-star again. But it was the postseason when he was the best player on the floor every time they played, whether it was against Kobe, whether it was against Kevin Durant, whether it was against LeBron and Dwayne Wade. He became the best player because he had finally – match the mental aspect of what it took to win the playoffs. I, you know, I know um, Steve Kerr, I think said this about uh, Isaiah Thomas and the bad boy Pistons, or maybe, maybe Isaiah said it himself. I think Steve Kerr was quoted though, when they talked about, you know, why, you know, those Bulls teams couldn't beat the, the, the bad boy Pistons for a long time. You know, Isaiah said it was much more about the mental than it even was about the physical. And we were just competing on a mental level that was much higher the Bulls were up until 91 when, of course, the, the Bulls uh, swept the, the Pistons. And to me, like Randall, when I've watched him in these playoffs, sometimes it feels like he's not competing at the kind of mental level needed to win these series. Like, you know, like it's every possession matters. It's you got to run back on defense uh when you make cause a bad turn. You can't have lazy kind of thoughtless type turnovers in key moments. Like those are the kind of things that separate the good players from the great players. And what we've seen is Randall's been a great regular great regular season player. But when he got into the postseason, when teams are ready for him, he has had a mental block. And it's easy to talk about it. I kind of right. want to see it. Like, I don't, I don't, I mean, I'm not gonna say I, I don't like hearing it, but to say I'm gonna be mentally there, it's like, I mean, what does that mean? I mean, why weren't you mentally there three months ago? We just were playing three, four months ago. I don't know what what changes from then to now, but it doesn't mean the, the the it doesn't mean the light bulb can't click because, like I said, it took Dirk to Whiskey essentially eleven years, twelve years for a light bulb to click, and eventually he took a team to a championship. So who's to say it can't happen for Randall?
1: Definitely, uh, one that run by Dirk is underappreciated historically. That that, that one was of the incredible. best ever, absolutely. That was incredible. Two, um, it's tough when you talk, you know, because because Randall talked about how his mental was in the right place in the middle of this past season, and then we had that right. kind of swoon at the end of the regular season. And listen, mental health is such a difficult. You can't pin it down. I, you know, my mental health journey, myself, individually, highs, lows. So yeah. I, and I'm not performing in front of 18,000 people on a nightly basis. Um, I can only imagine the stress and, and triggers that and, and how difficult that must be, um, you know, for, you know for, for a professional athlete. Um, but that being said, yeah, it, it's it's you're right. It's the it's the ability to when the when the lights are brightest. Is 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 to is to play well and not only play well but play with effort. And it was just what it's you know randomly. I, I didn't even really think about it much um, until you mentioned it. Um, sometimes on, on your Twitter feed, like a bot will like a random tweet from like three years ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, and you're just like, well, how? Why did someone like this? Then he realized it got to the bot or whatever. Um, but one of the tweets this morning, like in my in my in my um, mentions or whatever, it was um, a, a string, a thread of plays. During that Miami series, one in particular where he just barely fights through his screen, like watches Kevin Love shoot a three. I mean, yeah. just it, you watch that and you're just like, what on earth is? And, and again, there was on the other end of the floor. It wasn't obviously injuries played a part in the in the in, in his lack of effectiveness. But um Again, let's say you have 20 ergs of energy to give, like give just as much on the defensive end Just throwing yeah. up the hands in half court and watching guys get layups, et cetera. Um, those are the things that until he cleans up that aspect uh, of his game, it's it's going to be difficult um, for Knick fans. And they're a knowledgeable fan base because they don't rely solely on statistics. Um, you know, for the most part, they, they were able to see the bigger picture and they were, and they are many times, uh, despite his incredible, you know, in other words, if you, go back you know take get in the time machine you know and, and go back to 2018 and tell a nick fan you guys are going to sign a player that's going to make two all nba teams two all star teams average 25 yeah. 10 and 4 over the course of a 3 year span be like oh awesome we got kd i'm like
0: yeah, hey, i was saying we got kd awesome
1: <laughs> right you know like uh, yeah. You know, but you know, he, he this is what happened. So, for him not to kind of have that that, that same that, that for the fan base, not that that love it's because of those things that that we've seen. And despite the production, um, you know, it's 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 it, you know, there's 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 that effort piece that that needs to be there 100%. You
0: talked about watching LeBron and particularly Jimmy Butler, is what I said during the playoffs, and I'll, I would say it here as well. And I'd say it to Julius Randle, what look how Randle played, look at those plays. And ask me, do you see anybody on the Miami Heat playing like that? If you don't, if that the answer is no, that means that you got to change your way. So to me, like when it comes to competing mentally on that high level, watch how the Miami Heat scrambled on defense. Watch how they took care of the ball. Watch the attention to detail to which they run their stuff. Watch the attention to detail to which they guard their opponents and understanding the scouting report. And until you show me that you could repeat that kind of play then I don't want to hear it. Like, you know, during the NBA Finals, we watched 10 guys on the floor at all times. There was nobody that looked like Julius Randle. Yep. At any point during yeah. that Finals, a, a very highly competitive series, even though it was well, only five games.
1: Whether Struis is 0 for 11 or 10 for 11, he's going to give that same effort. Right. You know, those gave Vincent and and, and Jokic, even Jokic. Um, you know, he's he was a great player and then elevated himself to an all-time great player by getting in better shape, improving his focus yeah. defensively, Um, And now he has, uh, you know, MVPs and and trophies to, uh, to, 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 as, you know, as testament to that.
0: And one last playoff story, this is a different sport, but I never forget. I believe this was Wayne Gretzky talking about when they lost to the Islanders uh, in the Stanley cup. And, you know, he remembers they lost, you know, this was the fourth in a row that the Islanders had won. And they went back to the locker room and, you know, they were like, oh man, they were disappointed or whatever. Um, But they were, you know, They were fine otherwise, and they remember walking by the Islanders and going to congratulate them, and he said, we could not imagine or we could not conceptualize how tired and exhausted the Islanders were in their locker room. like They weren't even really celebrating because of the physical exhaustion they put themselves through to, one, just win that championship, but also obviously to win four in a row. And you had guys kind of a a muted kind of celebration, guys hands on their knees just kind of – sitting in lockers and they said, you know, we were a young team at that time, but we kind of knew, Hey, if we're not matching that energy, then we're never going to win a championship. Then of course the Oilers themselves became um, a dynasty uh, of sorts. And that to me kind of tells the kind of the same story. Like it's, uh, you know, Julius Randall have the famous, you know, maybe they wanted it more. Like that can't, that can't be the case. Like if he really wants to have his best season possible, it, it, Jimmy Butler has that, you know, hanging over the banister in the bubble, where he's exhausted meme. Like I need to see Julius Randall like that in the playoffs. I need to see him like that for the over the course of the season for me to, to, to really buy in. But, um, but I, I'm excited that Julius Randall feels like he can have that kind of season. Like you said, by all accounts, there's no reason why he shouldn't be able to have that kind of year. What I would say is I I'd wonder what that means from a numbers standpoint, because uh, you know, Jalen is still on the team. You would think these other guys are going to be improving quick. We're gonna mention Quentin Grons, R.J. Barrett. Do they get more points? That I mean they get less shots. Julius plays plays more, gets more uh, shots. So it'll be interesting story to follow. And, and 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 with
1: Di, and with DiVincenzo essentially replacing right. Obi, the only you know that's a more offensive minded player. Oh, well, you know is going to score more consistently, shoot more um, than Obi did. So that you know another reason that that you might expect um, Randall's numbers to decrease a little bit, his usage rate to decrease a little bit. But you know as we've discussed for these last twenty minutes, that does not necessarily mean um, if his statistical you know production decreases that he is not having a better season.
0: Yeah, but it will be follow, interesting to follow uh, how Julius uh, plays this year, particularly because, you know, last time he came into a year where it was one year away from being on a contract year, he had that 2021 season that, that led to the extension that he got. That would make you think that maybe this year he's eyeing, saying, hey, if I want that extension, I got a ball off this year. So that could also be why he's uh, zeroing in on this year as being possibly the best year of his career. Okay, so international squads are getting ready for the FIBA World Cup. And several Knicks will be front and center. So uh, Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart have reported the Team USA minicamp this week. <laughs> Jalen Brunson didn't seem all that happy to see his good buddy, uh, uh, Josh Hart. He was like, I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> it's crazy how those guys just are, have now become inseparable, maybe uh, involuntarily on Jalen Brunson's part. But um, meanwhile, uh, R.J. Barrett, he's been working out with Team Canada. Uh, he's been playing on the likes of Shea Gildas Alexander, Andrew Wiggins. And then you got Evan Fournier, who has already been playing in games for France. They've played two games. He had 20 points in their win over uh, Montenegro in a World Cup tune-up game. So the FIBA World Cup will definitely have a pretty big Knicks influence. Uh, Some of the most important teams in this tournament will be led by Knicks. So it would be fascinating to follow. I'm going to start with Team USA and Brunson Hart. Do you think that this time together... Uh, with Harden and Brunson can can help that chemistry continue to be forged heading into this uh second season with them together as Knicks now.
1: Yeah, I don't know if their relationship can get any better to be honest, yeah. you know, like these guys are constantly joking around, constantly smiling around each other. Uh for me, I think the interesting thing is um what the next hope doesn't happen, and that's that they build a stronger relationship with McHale Bridges. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's the type of thing where we've seen where, um, you know, uh, you know where, where Wade and LeBron and Bosch got, you know, kind of developed their friendship, you know, took it to the next level playing for Team America and then decided that they wanted to play together. We've seen it Chris Paul and, and other players, Mellow and, and yada, 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 yada. They're, you know, a lot of great players when they are together and spend time together. Um, they decide, hey, this would be fun to, to do over an 82-game regular season. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see, um, you know, uh, fast forward two years from now at, at, at Bridges' introductory press conference explaining why he signed with New York and, and saying, like, you know, that that summer uh, we spent, uh, you know, in, in 2023 was, was, was a key part in kind of making me realize I wanted to be with those guys.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, the prime recruiting season. I mean, you know, Kyrie Irving talked about it a bunch as well, yeah. as Team USA being a, a breeding ground for these uh, superstar team-ups. And you got Jalen Brunson, who Steve Kerr said is going to be among the uh, focal points of this team, alongside who? Mikael Bridges. <laughs> so so, uh, so those guys are going to be essentially the leaders of this team. I think that this team will pretty much go through both of those guys. So they does. Those guys are chatting. You know, Mikel Bridges said that MSG is his favorite place to play by accident when he was uh, traded to the Brooklyn Nets, um, famously on Yes Network. So uh, that will be interesting to watch. And then there are other guys on this team that also maybe make connections with Brunson. Um, the Hart thing will be interesting because Hart's position on this team is, is, I don't know, I wonder how much time he gets. I wonder yeah. what they expect his role to be. I mean, um, this is not necessarily, you know, a the dream team of 92 or the redeem team of 08 or even the... The, the repeat team of 2012, some of those Olympic teams that were just littered with Hall of Famers, but this is a talented team. So I'm actually curious when it comes to chemistry, how much can be forged if Hart's not getting with playing time. You know, Brunson is, if he's not, he's probably the starting point guard, but I yep. wonder, I wonder where Steve Kerr fits Josh Hart into this equation.
1: Yeah, it, it'll be interesting. Um, there's a lot of wings, obviously that yeah. Hart's going Hart's gonna to have to compete with Anthony Edwards. Um uh, Brandon Ingram, Cam Johnson uh, of the Nets, Austin Reeves is going to get some minutes. But Hart's one of those guys that, you know, we could take those, take his 15, 20 minutes and, and, and you know, you, you want guys that are willing to defend, willing to rebound, don't need to score um, because you're going to have plenty of athletes, plenty of scorers on the floor. So um, Hart's a smart coach who respects players with high basketball IQ. So for that reason, I think I, I could see Hart, you know, being part of closing five, even though he may not be the most talented player mm. um, on, on the floor, uh, a guy that just contributes to winning.
0: And what do we think about R.J. Barrett? He's playing for Team Canada. I feel like, you know, Canada, they really are excited for the Olympics. But, you know, in some ways, I feel like this is their real kind of coming out party, really, because the Team Canada program that's run by R.J. Barrett's dad, Barrett is the general manager. I saw a, a post, I think it was from, I don't know, it, from, it might have been from on Uninterrupted, but... Uh, Jay Gills Alexander. When he was asked about playing with RJ Barrett, he said, "Well, I kind of had no choice, you know. <laughs> if the GM is the a, is the a, is a, is a, is the guy's father, then you know he's going to be on the team." But um, but but what do we think about RJ? I mean, I'm 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 actually really excited to see how he plays for Team Canada. I saw him talk about how he's been playing FIBA basketball since he was 14. So some of the different rule changes, some of the. Uh, more advanced physicality on the ball and on, on screens. He says he's already familiar with, and he's excited to kind of uh, show these guys kind of uh, on his team, kind of what it's like. What are you expecting to see from RJ? I, I, I want to see him kind of have a big summer here.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's obviously, you know, you want to see that consistency from long range. Um, you know, it right. seems like he's constantly kind of tweaking his form and his foot placement um, and his base and, you know, and his elbow and, and all that stuff, you know, working with you Hanlon. So we'll see if there's – um, some consistency. Obviously, looked like he was in a really good groove uh, in the postseason over that ten game stretch. Um, you know, playing at an incredibly high level. The Knicks' second best player um, during that during that uh, run from uh, basically Game Three of the Cleveland series right up to Game like five of the of the Miami series. Um, so hopefully, he can 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 kind of continue that going forward. And one thing I'd like to see is um, playing alongside Jake Gilja Alexander, watching and learning how, uh, how SGA scores in the paint. Um, right. You know, one of the most crafty, uh, you know, most prolific uh, scorers in in the in the restricted area in the NBA, mid ranges, floaters, um, hesies, you know, step backs, all that kind of, you know, Jalen Brunson esque in in you know in in many ways, um, but he gets the basket a little bit more, gets to the free throw line. Um, we know Barrett's had trouble in terms of his finishing rate and his percentage in and around the basket, Um, an antidote, a recipe to fix that, you know, uh, potential issue is to pull up a few feet short and kind of work on floaters, you know, short runners, um, step backs, pull ups, things on those lines. That may be something that, that, that uh, Barrett can kind of incorporate into his game.
0: Yeah. I I tell you what, like we haven't, I really followed much of Canadian basketball because I'm not Canadian, obviously. And RJ Barrett's a fairly new player on the Knicks, but like, I've like, seeing those like workouts and those one-on-ones that Team USA has had. Where you know, you got Bradley Beal up against Kevin Durant and Beal versus Kevin Devin Booker. And like you know, those guys saying that, you know, that has helped their game being able to work out and play one-on-one against some of the best players in the world. Like it may not be Team USA, but, you know, Jamal Murray just showed up to camp. Now, they don't know if he's going to play. He's unlikely because he, he's at the injury history, but he's there. and He's working out. And Shane yep. Gildas Alexander is there. And they are good players over there. Uh, for Team Canada, so I hope that RJ, you know, working out with a guy like Andrew Wiggins as well, excellent defensive player. Like I, I hope they like just like I thought, Jalen Brunson is going to come into this year and hit the ground running because of this time between you know, Team USA, I'm actually hoping RJ Barrett this time playing for Team Canada, working out with the other players for Team Canada, he'll also be ready to hit the ground running because how many seasons have we seen from RJ where he starts off struggling mightily, pretty much to start the year, and you have these major question marks. Of, of you know oh my god is, is, he, is he regressed what's going on and then usually it's around you know the turn of the new year where all of a sudden he hits a new gear and he ends up finishing the year strong so uh for barrett maybe this could kind of mitigate those early struggles we see from him constantly where he comes into season struggling uh, right out the gate
1: and you know for, for it could also boost his trade value you know yeah, like true, too. There's some conversations about, you know, um, if there's one, you know, if you consider the Knicks to having three kind of star level star potential players, um, elite players, uh Brunson, untouchable. Randall, you know, without Obi Toppin there, it seems like they're more, you know, they were always committed to to Randall. They, right. they, they, the front office and Tim Tibbs obviously have let that be known. Uh, their actions have spoken louder than the words. So if they're going to improve, if they're going to make a move for an OG and a an newbie um, or another wing type player, um, obviously the wing they probably send out, um, you know, of, of significant value would be RJ Barrett. So, uh, you know, a, a really good showing from him certainly wouldn't be a, a negative in that respect.
0: And what about Fournier? Fournier, you're talking about trade value. I mean, he had 20 points in his last game. He's had um, good games for France in the past. He's, he's been one of their better players, definitely one of their better scorers. France, one of the teams definitely to look out for in this World Cup. Do you think Fournier can increase his trade value during this time at the World Cup? You know, he, he, right now it seems like it's, it's dirt level low because the Knicks haven't traded him and they've been trying to give him away essentially. So if, if playing in the nba isn't going to boost his value you boosted playing in the world cup or playing in these early exhibition games he started so far
1: yeah i, I definitely uh, you know he's talked about it over the last week or so you know he said uh the the world cup will be my launch pad um was basically his quote and listen one thing we know is he's well rested um you know he, right. won't, he won't be too tired um and you know absolutely he's a prideful player um he's been a excellent player for France and France has you know beaten team USA and um, they're as good as any team in the world collectively they have more, far more experience than um, this collection of uh, athletes that, that America's putting together so you know they'll probably be favored when you know when the two sides match up um, so yeah and listen he's capable of putting up 20 points against the best NBA competition and let Rudy behind him defensively um, you know Niela Kina on the squad so you know that you know defensively uh, they'll be able to get after it and uh, yeah it can't hurt listen um, you know as a reminder uh, for teams that are looking for, you know, there's always been a value uh, premium placed on sharp shooting, and, and Fournier still um, is one of the best shooters on the planet um, with the other aspects of his game. But if another team can convince themselves, hey, you know, we can cover up for his defensive liabilities um, if he can shoot 40% from three for, for, for us as a spark off the bench, high volume three point shooter. Um, you know, maybe he's worth a you know a, a pair of second rounders, or um, you know, you know, a, a young player on a rookie contract that you know doesn't fit our rotation. A young big, or you know, a young power forward. Um, if they have fat forward depth, et cetera, something along those lines. So, um, yeah, it, it certainly can't hurt, and uh, we'll see if it does, in fact, um, increase uh, his uh, his appeal around the league.
0: I know one thing: he's going to get shots. Like yep. you know, you're playing with Rudy Gobert, you're playing with Frank Ntilikina, uh, you're playing Nick Batum. Uh, you're going to have guys who can defend. <laughs> Somebody's got to get shots on that team. Yep. Um, I know Mando DeColo, was, who played in the NBA previously with the, the, the Spurs, he's going to get a lot of shots as well. But uh, Fournier is going to be the focal point. He's going to get plenty of opportunities. So hopefully he can play really well. I'm rooting for him to play as well as he can because if that convinces a team to say, hey, Noah, we'll take him on, like, then great. Or if that convinces a team to say, you know what, that trade for that star will take Evan Fournier's contract because maybe he can actually do something in the one year he's here, like, all, all I'll take it at this point. I, I hope he does play well. I'm, I'm not surprised that he came out uh, strong because, like you said, he's well rested. He hasn't played in a while, and he's motivated. You know, he said that this was uh, going to be, like you said, his launching pad, and you know he's trying to regain that love for basketball again. And after the game they won, he said that you know he was going to remain aggressive. So uh, I expect to see Fournier continue to play that same way, and hopefully NBA teams are, are watching because we've seen guys in the past, maybe not necessarily players who were in the NBA, but we've seen plenty of guys who were not in the NBA that play for their national team. And this is usually uh, if, you know, you have an earlier Olympics or guys getting signed late and they show out and an NBA team says, Oh, you know, well, let's get this guy a contract or let's see what this guy can do. You know? So I, I think Fournier, this absolutely could be a launch pad for him. Now uh, I don't know how the defensive issues fix themselves, but as you said, maybe they don't look as bad when you're playing with some elite defenders like uh, Frank and, Uh, Rudy Gobert, uh, alongside him. So uh, the World Cup happens later this month. Uh, These games will be super, super early because it's over in Asia, Japan, the Philippines. So if you're going to watch them live, uh, make sure you get your coffee, make sure you set your alarm clock. Uh, Otherwise, maybe turn your phone off when you wake up so you don't get uh, spoiled by the results. But it should be fun getting to see plenty of uh, key Knicks get some action here. But um, let's shift gears and wrap up the show with a segment that I certainly enjoy. I want to have a temperature check, and we're going to do this one on one of the most intriguing players for the Knicks' upcoming season, shooting guard Quentin Grimes. Uh, The third-year wing has been posting videos displaying his ball handling and his shot creation during runs at the University of Houston, which is, of course, his alma mater. He also uh, posted a picture of him getting pointers from another than former NBA shooting guard and current ESPN analyst J.J. Redick, who – Then on his podcast said that uh, Grimes, he believes, could be one of those players in the running for most improved player this season. So, Tommy, I know you said on Twitter and you've written about uh, Grimes and and, and the thought that he could be a player that you could buy stock in this year. Why do you feel that way Grimes?
1: Yeah, um, you know one other thing on the uh, waking up early. Um, women's U.S. Uh, World their World Cup match Sunday at five a.m. So you get practice um, waking up early and, and watching this Sunday. Um, but yeah, as as far as Grimes goes, um, you know, first of all, I think it's important to remember. You know, he didn't play well in the uh, in the um, postseason. Um, Struggled a little bit. Uh, Obviously, was coming off an injury and and, and didn't look 100% and and wasn't himself. But he closed out the season incredibly, incredibly strongly. Um, Final nine regular season games averaged 21.9 points, 4.2 rebounds, 3.8 assists, 4.8 made three-pointers while shooting over 54% from the floor, 48% from downtown. Um, He was second in the NBA in most three-pointers made over the final 10 games of the season. Only Steph Curry made more. Um, And one other thing, he's not—he's obviously not on Team USA, but he was selected as as part of the um, uh, select team, a a member of the USA select team, which means he'll train with Team USA as they prepare um, to go overseas and 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 compete. Um, So that's a lot of players have talked about that. How that's a good experience, kind of an eye-opening experience. And I'm I'm sure that's one of the reasons why he's in. um, You know, he's been training a lot, um, and as we've seen. Um, Yeah. I don't try to make too much of the you know the uh, the highlight tapes um because every player in the NBA every player you know on in that on a division one you know the eighth guy on on a division one team um can put together you know play some pickup games that look incredible um yeah. or do some drills and you know it's you'd, you'd be stunned at, at how you know that the, the skill set and the athleticism um, and the accuracy et cetera when you're shooting balls um, in a gym by yourself um, but that being said i just there, um, and I thought JJ Reddick, you know, put it well. He basically said if the Knicks don't make a trade and kind of come back as as currently constituted, Grimes could give them another five regular season wins and really help them in the playoffs. Um, you know, he talked about his, uh, you know, is highly competitive, highly energetic, the way he fits on the team, fits on the roster. Um, you know, we've talked about the Knicks' ability to kind of add a three point shooter. Well. Grimes didn't get a lot of open looks didn't get a lot of opportunities to shoot and score especially early in the season when he first replaced Fournier in the starting lineup he was more content and he still will be going forward to kind of just be their defensive ace um, guard the other team's best perimeter player and you know if and you know kind of catch the crumbs uh you know uh, that that whenever Randall you know didn't feel like shooting or Brunson got tired or or, or Barrett, you know, already shot 18 times, then they'd, they'd find Grimes for an open three. Um, but hopefully this year they'll try to run more screens, more pin downs, play calls and make it a priority to feed Grimes early in the game, kind of stretch that defense out, which is only going to benefit Randall, which is only going to benefit Brunson when he goes to work in his office. Um, if teams have to stay attached, if defenders have to stay attached uh, to Grimes, um, either in the corner uh, or, or foul line extended uh, you know, at the break for above the break threes, um, it's just going to benefit the team as a whole. So I, I hope Tibbs kind of makes that a priority going into the next season.
0: Yeah, Quentin Grimes... It- to me it feels so much like an x-factor uh for for this next team and i think you put the nail on the head when it comes to the Knicks players have to actually try to feature him like it's so tough because there's one basketball and Knicks actually have a pretty damn talented team like you know we can actually say that which is kind of crazy but like the Knicks have a lot of guys that can score they got Brunson they got Randall they got Barrett they got Emmanuel quickly so uh, grimes almost sometimes i think almost because he's like the defender i think they kind of forget that he can score so right. like they're like oh he's the guy that's hustling and defending so we can get our shots off but it's like well you know you need to get him shots too uh he may be the best shooter on this team he's a guy who can attack the rim uh especially on these straight line drives when he's uh when people are closing out he's very aggressive he's very athletic at the rim like there's an offensive benefit to him getting shots. In fact, there were great numbers last season. I don't remember the record, but when Grimes got X amount of shots or X amount of score, X amount of points, the Knicks record was very, very good. So um, I think one of the things for the Knicks to focus on next season and for Tim to focus on is to find a way to get Grimes involved. And I thought him working out with J.J. Reddick, again, I don't care as much about the videos per se, but who you're connecting with, I do care about. And I think him... Connecting with J.J. is interesting because J.J. was great moving without the ball. Great on pin downs. Great on curls. Yeah. And that's not something we've really seen when Quentin grinds game. It's not something we've really seen in the Knicks offense. The Knicks play kind of a standard kind of five out type of current NBA offense that tries to then, you know, get mismatches and get switches on their top guys, Brunson and Randall, and let those guys work. That's essentially uh, their offense. They throw a lot of pick and roll in with Mitchell Robinson as kind of the centerpiece of that five-out, four-out kind of offense. Like the whole pin-down, floppy type action, like that's stuff that they don't have really in their offense. It's not something that we've seen Quentin Grimes really do, but you would think that that's something he should be able to do. And it's something you think should be in Tibbs' bag. Tibbs was on the staff that had Ray Allen uh, during that uh, Celtics run, you know? So he's coached players like that before. So maybe maybe that's something that Tibbs sent him to. Like, you never know. Maybe he said, hey, it would be nice for you to talk to a guy like J.J. You know, J.J. played for Stan Van Gundy, who I know has a relationship with Tom Thibodeau. So maybe there's a connection there. That would be fascinating if they do find a way to maybe get him involved in that way because, when you have Jalen Brunson and you have Randall, it's hard to say I'm going to take the ball out of those guys' hands to give it to anybody else because they're so good. But if you run plays for guys to get get them involved, and that's the way to force the Brunson's and Randall's and the RJ's to give them the ball too, right? You know, if you're kind of running your kind of basic sets where it's kind of just reading react kind of play, it's easy for a guy like Grimes, I think, given his role to kind of get lost. So uh, I think it's going to be – uh, it, uh, it's going to be important for Tibbs as well
1: to find a way to get
0: Grimes involved because when he scores, the Knicks win.
1: Yeah, and one reason to be optimistic that that is likely, you know, could happen is Fournier was successful his first year years. Set a, you know, set a franchise ready for yes, that's true. He made three pointers, um, got plenty of looks. Him and Randall had a nice little chemistry, had a nice little uh, one two man, um, you know, game that they worked on. They kind of fed off each other a little bit. So, uh, you know, if there was a reason for optimism, that's one.
0: I don't want thing. I want to see Grimes in terms of things to improve on. Um, he's got to get. I don't know if it's. I think he does have, to have a better handle, but it may even just be more confidence in his ball handling. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many times we've seen him get trapped yes. and have court yep. and lose the ball, or yep. uh, just lose the ball in traffic. Yeah. For again, if you watch that video, if you want to talk about guys, you know, making a video to make themselves look great. I mean, you would have thought Quentin Grimes could play for the Harlem Golds, but he was right. dribbling the basketball like that is not the player we see when Definitely. we watch him play for the Knicks. So. Um, hopefully, he's really, really working on his handle because and that, to me, is a missing element from him as an offensive player. Because definitely, you know, uh,
1: penetrating into the paint will, you know, uh, will prevent guys from closing out too hard. And also, uh, heaven forbid, the Knicks have somebody else that can take the ball up the floor um, instead of Brunson right. to go ninety-four feet against constant pressure night after night after night. You know, in a playoff series, etc. Um, having somebody that can kind of alleviate that pressure would certainly benefit the team.
0: Yeah, we really saw that in those last two games in that yes. series against Miami where Emmanuel quickly was out yes. and Jalen Brunson played almost 48 minutes in both. Games. He played 48 minutes in game five and played, I think, 46 in That's game six. And you saw, you know, whether it was Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin, Kyle whoever was, hounding him 94 feet. And nobody else on the Knicks could bring the ball to the court. And whenever they did, it was almost like it was going to be a turnover. Like it was that tenuous. So, yes, if you're going to have a backcourt mate, uh, for brunson it would be helpful if they could handle the ball a little bit grimes has mentioned that he was a he's talked a bunch about how he was a point guard in high school and he has point guard instincts we never see them when he's playing i gotta be honest you know we know we don't see that so um hopefully that's one aspect of his game he's definitely working on because it, it, it just it gives you a wrinkle in your offense because if you can come up on a set and not have brunson have to start the offense. Where maybe he's got to make a pass, then run through three or four guys, and then get the ball back to then run the play. Like that saves energy for him too. If he can give the ball to somebody else and move the ball off the court, or not having it have to be Randall, because that's the other thing. If it's not if it's Jalen Brunson, there's sometimes Julius Randall, and that could be a very hit or miss deal. Sometimes it's fine. There are other times where he could be very turnover prone too. So um I, I think Grimes the, the the handling is something that I think is gonna be a, a big part of his game. One thing that I think I've seen bubble up that has surprised me a little bit, and I guess I uh, definitely want to shout out Let's Talk Knicks, by the way. I was on their Twitter space this past uh, – this week, actually, earlier this week. Um, it's, it's recorded, so if you want to check it out, you can. But I, I've seen this conversation bubble up bubble up everywhere, and we had the conversation there on the space as well, about a potential competition at the shooting guard spot. Like, there are some that think that maybe Dante T. Vincenzo would be a better fit to start next to Jalen Brunson, given the chemistry that they had at uh Villanova they won a national championship together and perhaps maybe that'll allow uh Grimes maybe more shot opportunities coming off the bench do you think there should be any kind of competition between DiVincenzo and uh Grimes
1: no I think I, I prefer Grimes to kind of stick in that that starting lineup Um, one DiVincenzo showed that he can play well off the bench probably a little bit more accustomed to it um after doing so last season for Golden State Knicks played their best ball um after moving Grimes into the uh into the starting lineup I think he's a great fit alongside Brunson yes Brunson and and DiVincenzo I think DiVincenzo was actually one of his groomsmen um if you look at the rest he was yeah 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 I was I don't I wasn't sure if that was confirmed or not um but um but yeah I just think um in terms of Grimes' defensive ability a little bit stronger, a little bit taller, um, you know, than, than DiVincenzo, a little bit more of a forced defensively. DiVincenzo is a good, uh, good defender as well, um, but, you know, just in terms of the way the Knicks play, um, you know, obviously, you know, Grimes' ability um, to, you know, they can experiment with that a little bit here and there, play those guys together, maybe, uh, you know, splice up their minutes a little bit, and, and, and DiVincenzo and Brunson will definitely share the floor together, yeah. um, just because, primarily because of uh, DiVincenzo's versatility. He can play the two, he can play point, you know, shift Brunson off the ball, he can play the three yeah. um, in a pinch, you know, so there's, there's you know, there's a lot that he can do, um, good rebounder, etc. So, um, all those guys will share the floor together, but in, in terms of starting the game might um, my preferred have Grimes on
0: the floor. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think you made good points about uh, DiVincenzo and his ability to be versatile, which is actually why I actually like him on the bench because I think about Emmanuel quickly and I think what makes him great is he can also be super versatile. And I think what can make them a very dangerous pair is that you could have Dante DiVincenzo bring the ball up and, and IQ playing off the ball or IQ can play the ball. He's playing off the ball. Like they're both terrors defensively and they both get, they're both kind of the same size. But they're both switchable defensively as well. Like, I think if you put Dante in the starting lineup, you kind of lose that with Jalen Brunson. Right. Also, I, you're like you said, you're a little smaller, like, Dante can guard the guys his size fine. I wouldn't have an issue with that for the most part. But when you get to play some of the bigger shooting guards in the NBA, if you're guarding a Zach Levine, if you're guarding some of these guys, like Quinn Grimes takes those matchups and he is the best Knicks on ball defender. Yes. So if you're going to tell me, you're going to start games against of these high into an like Anthony Edwards. And I, I'm kind of starting at a kind of a handicap. Cause not only is, you know, Grimes on the bench, but so is also Josh Hart. We're assuming Josh Hart, is coming off the bench to this center as well because RJ Barrett starting at three. I, I don't like that. I want to have one of my best defenders out there to start the game immediately. Um and I think Quentin Grimes is, is the best on the wall defender on the Knicks. So that's one of the also the main reasons why I'd wanted to start because Jalen Brunson, we know uh great leader, great point guard overall, great at giving up his body to take charges, not a great overall defender. So if you're gonna try to find a way to mask him, the best way to do that is to give a guy have a guy out there like, like Grimes who can guard either position. And when you play against the lineups that are are a little bigger in the backcourt, he can take those matchups on and not give up his bunch size.
1: Agreed. Yeah, I just think in in terms just the kind of the fit together, um, it just makes a lot of sense to to kind of not one not mess with what has worked. Um, And and again, I think there's a lot of untapped potential there in Grimes, um, giving him opportunity to kind of take his game to the next level.
0: I think with in order for the Knicks, and we'll talk about it a bunch as we hit August. So these are kind of like the dog days of NBA podcasting. Like I think when we get to this season and we think about people's numbers, I think for the Knicks to be the best team they can be, I think there are going to be some guys that you're going to have to see an uptick in their numbers. I think like Quinn Grimes, I think there are some guys you may need to see kind of a a downtick in their numbers. And it doesn't mean a downtick in efficiency or rather effectiveness, but um, it could be an increase in efficiency, but downclay in totals um, like a Julius Randle, maybe even like an RJ Barrett, dare I say like, I don't know if if you, you got two guys that, two guys averaging 24 points a game, another guy averaging essentially 20 points a game. It doesn't really give a lot of wiggle room for other points to be scored. And you feel like these other guys on the team, we saw Top get misused. We saw Grimes uh, get misused or not be utilized as much as he could have been in the offense. You feel like these guys can give more. And if you have a more balanced team, you become more dangerous. Because in the postseason, we know at the end of the day, it's going to come down to – Randall and Brunson. Like, those are the guys that are going to bring you home regardless. But in the regular season, they're going to have to share the sugar a little bit more. I think Grimes is a guy you saw him average 11 points last year. I think I'd like to see him up to around you know, 13, 14, maybe even 15 points. And that means, again, Randall's averaging a little less. Brunson's averaging a little less. Uh, Barrett's averaging a little less. I think that's better for the team.
1: Yeah, to- totally. To- better for the team long run. Better for the team. It's duration throughout the marathon of regular season. And the other thing to keep in mind is, we're deciding now whether IQ is worth 100 million dollars, 80 million, 105 million, 90 million. The next summer, we're going to have to have the same conversation about Grimes. So let's see if he can handle an increased workload, increase, increased opportunities. If he can maintain that efficiency, etc.
0: Yeah, and a great example is the Miami Heat again. And I, I look, I hate the Miami Heat as a basketball fan, as an NBA fan, as a Nick fan, but like no, there's no doubt like like what they do works. And, like, Gene Butler's guy in the regular season averaged 19 points a game. <laughs> like, you know, this is a one night guy averaging 25, getting 50 the way he was against the Bucs and against the, uh, the way he was killing the Celtics. Like, those big games he wasn't having, but it allowed those other guys on the team to gain confidence, to to feel like they're part of the team. So that when the playoffs happen and Jimmy Butler's hurt, or maybe he's not having a great game, guess what? Caleb Martin can... can borderline almost become a conference finals MVP. I think you should have won it against Boston. You could have Duncan Robinson, who hasn't played much, but when he's played, he's been utilized while coming and play with confidence. You have Gabe Vincent come out there and play with confidence. So for the Knicks to be as good as they can in the regular season, assuming in the postseason, you've got to get these guys this experience and this chance in the regular season. And maybe you may lose some games because of it, but I think you'll be better off once you get to that final destination, which is, of course, NBA playoff basketball, where the Knicks are trying to get we haven't gone in a while now they got to the second round now can they get to that conference finals can they get to that final four um quentin Grimes is going to be a big piece if they are able to do that but that's going to do it this edition of orange and blue bloods thank you guys again so much for checking us out of course uh this is a podcast you can get wherever you get your podcast including the free odyssey app make sure you get the auto download feature on your streaming service you get these episodes every time you drop also be sure to check us out on YouTube. Our full episodes and shorts in the episode get posted on the WFAN channel. So be sure to be on the lookout for that. Tommy, let people know where they can find you.
1: At Tommy Beer on
0: Twitter. You can find me EJ underscore Stewart on Twitter, Action EJ on Instagram, threads and TikTok. Thank you guys again so much for checking us out. For Tommy, I'm EJ. Thank you, guys. Peace.